to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, Chris, here we are again in the podcast studio, the CNC podcast studio, because you and I saw the modern day light beacon. Batman saw it in the sky. We saw it on Twitter. Breaking news, a Stanley Cup winning coach who quit and then suddenly appeared at SeaTac. We got our guy, right? We got him. We got him. You got him. And he was wearing flip-flops, I believe. I think on these shows like Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight, they would call this rumor control. <laughs> Chris, what can we confirm? So, Barry Trotz, uh, a very hot name in the NHL. After hoisting the Stanley Cup, he resigned from the Washington Capitals. And ooh, power ooh, a play. Of, a lot the of other question. power play. Power play, yes. Say, forget very, it. Very I'm, nice. I'm walking away. Forget it. Very nice. Very nice uh, turn of phrase. Yeah. He was a free agent, so to speak, uh, resigned from the Washington Capitals, and there was immediate questions about where would he go. Mm, and then somebody snapped a photo of him at SeaTac. And then he was spotted we got our guy! Spotted walking off a plane at SeaTac. Well, uh, we can now say he's been named the head coach of the New York Islanders. Oh, man. Yes, he just happened to be in Seattle on the way to his – off-season home, his summer home in Kelowna, British Columbia. So it was an actual just a layover. Yes, a layover. Oh. Yeah. All right. Not not as exciting as laying over permanently in Seattle to coach a new hockey team. So like they would say on those shows, Barry Trotz, the next coach in Seattle? That is so false. Yes. Okay. So yeah. we can flush that one. Uh, that is not the reason we got together, but we did want to put that out there yeah. because it got a lot of people excited at least. But there is some new stuff to discuss yes. in Seattle, not basketball-related just yet. But as we continue to monitor the arena situation and our – well, it looks like we're going to get a hockey team. It certainly looks that way. And there have been a lot of talk that we would know something in June. Right. Uh, that this past week would be an important one in Seattle sports history, that the NHL Board of Governors was getting together at the NHL Awards in Vegas. June 20th circled on the calendar. I know I had it blocked out on my calendar months in advance. Yes. That this was going to be the day that something was going to be announced about Seattle. Well, that did not happen. Okay. But a lot of people, of course, have been excited or at least paying maybe more attention to hockey with the Stanley yeah. Cup and the finals yep. and Vegas being in it. Wow, would this first time, would this new team could they possibly ultimately they didn't win that probably did vegas the city the casino is a big favorite yeah. <laughs> uh, they were they were they were looking to lose a whole lot of money if the 501 uh, long shot uh, were to win it all but uh, here we are with something spanking new again if we were on one of those shows like extra or access this would be there'd be a graphic flying and saying exclusive That'd be the sound effects yeah. behind the graphics. You just had an important, impressive phone call just yeah, so, today. Yes, so the timing on this, uh, because of that uh, Board of Governors meeting, we thought it'd be a good time to talk to Todd Lywicki, who holds a very important title here in Seattle. Of course, was the former CEO of the Seahawks, right? Sounders, Vulcan Sports and Entertainment. He has now come back to Seattle to lead Come this back from... From the NFL, where he was the COO, the number two uh, in the league, uh, left there to come here back to Seattle to lead 
this expansion effort with the National Hockey League, and it was a good time to catch up. And he talked about where they are in the process, and and there were some interesting tidbits, yeah. We should also mention, uh, put a little disclaimer up front, the audio quality is not fantastic. Uh, You recorded this on a World War II uh, walkie-talkie. Yes, exactly. Is that right? Yes, a World War II walkie-talkie. Over-modulated for your listening pleasure. That's the professional title yes. for we recorded it a little bit too hot yes but you can still hear it you hear all your questions and again this is a conversation you just had with a lot of the questions that people are asking on a day-to-day basis here we are with todd lightwicky the grand poobah what's what's the official title for nhl seattle yeah i'm not sure it's poobah because I, I wouldn't know how to spell that but, um, i'm uh, i'm right now the jack of all trades uh, master of none, and uh, but I think my title is president CEO. Well, what is uh, what is new uh, with NHL Seattle? Is where we stand uh, this week. Well, we're we're working day in and day out. Uh, there's multiple fronts. Um, you know, this is a, a big, big project. Uh, you've got uh, north of a, a billion three of investment that uh, will happen here. Um, and there's lots of moving pieces. Um, there's uh, certainly we're we're working in partnership with the city to get, uh, you know, to get all details done and preparing for a, a final vote of a final agreement. Um, and I will just say the city has been great. We're dealing with a gentleman named uh, Marshall Foster, who's, uh, who's uh, you know, really been responsive. Um, and so there, there's quite a process there. And then, you know, on the other other side of it, we're, we're working on our uh, application and uh, getting all of our uh, materials submitted to the NHL. And we're very hopeful that a vote will take place. The commissioner said September, perhaps December, but we've kind of got our fingers crossed on the September timeline. Yeah, there are a lot of people focused on, on this week with the, the meeting down in Vegas, the NHL awards. Uh, there was some thought uh, a few months ago that there'd be an announcement there, and uh, obviously uh, there there wasn't outside of the commissioner saying, you know, they're they're working and everything's on track. Uh, is anybody to make anything of the fact that uh, there wasn't an announcement there uh, here in June? No, and in fact, yeah, in fact, I was with him last week. I went to see uh, Commissioner Bedman and. Uh, you know, I think he's really excited about what's happening here. Um, but, you know, this is a, an important decision. And it's, um, you know, it's the 32nd franchise. And, and when when a, a, a league goes through expansion, they want to make sure that everything is incredibly well thought out and, and buttoned down. And so uh, I would say due process uh, has us at this point, but we feel like we're right on track. And we really don't anticipate any obstacles. Uh, you know, who knows? But uh, right now we feel very, very good about all that. Well, and you've been hiring, too, the, the news this week that, that Dave Tippett, the former Arizona Coyotes head coach, longtime player in the NHL, has uh, now joined the fold. What does that mean in the big picture? Well, there's a lot of other things that also are going on where, <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're designing an arena, and we're well along uh, architects uh, one floor below us working literally day and night. Um, and so part of that arena design means we've got to get locker rooms right, not not just NHL, but NBA. Uh, we had a meeting yesterday on NBA locker rooms, making sure they're spec 
to, to perfection. Um, and we're working on a training facility. We, we, we have a vision of a world-class training facility that will uh, be the home to our team, uh, could be consolidation of our business staff. Um, and so uh, that's something we're working on each and every day. But, but building a hockey pedigree here is very important. And, uh, you know, uh, Dave Tippett is a terrific guy to do that because he's, he not only played the game and coached the game, but he served as a general manager of a team uh, in the International Hockey League. So he has an excellent uh, perspective. And came, you know, in the discussions we had, he said, look, uh, I'm less concerned with the role that I would play and more concerned about being, you know, on a winning team here. That's what I want. And so he just felt like the right guy, our first real hockey hire, and he's going to help us uh, ensure that there's a real hockey pedigree in every decision we make, but also will take on issues like the training facility and American Hockey League franchise and making sure the arena and the and the team facilities there are, are perfectly designed. Yeah, how important is that training facility? I mean, I, I think people don't realize that that is not part of the agreement with the city in, in terms of building that. That's another out-of-pocket cost for the ownership group, correct? Yeah, and it's significant. Yeah, it's significant. I was... Uh, I was, uh, I, you know, I felt great privilege in helping the Seahawks. We figured that out and created a, a, an incredible training facility there that, that is part of their DNA now. And I think that, you know, the Seahawks, uh, that training facility will has benefited them in so many ways. It's just such a big part of who they are and use it uh, in, in all respects from recruiting players to keeping players and um and so those same principles apply to us, and uh, and we, you know, it's going to be a project of similar magnitude to that. Um, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, how you can create additional sheets of ice for this marketplace and for the Pacific Northwest. Um, and everything we're doing here, we start with big time ambition. So we're not thinking about. You know, one sheet of ice in the back of an industrial park. We're thinking about a, a potential flagship facility that will really make a statement uh, about this team and and do other things. Um, and so uh, we've got a crew working on it now. We've got architects engaged, uh, and we're having multiple discussions. Uh, and we're hoping that sometime in the coming months we'll have something powerful to announce there. Is that an east side thing? Uh, do you think it can be built in the city? I know that uh, when this process really started uh, getting underway that a lot of people were thinking perhaps the east side would be a location for that. Well, and so what we're, we're actually looking at uh, multiple sites. Uh, there is one that's caught our eye, and so we're, we're, we're working on it. But uh, it's going to take, take a little while to have this shake out. But, you know, our dream is that that facility is open in time for our first training camp. And uh, so we've got uh, – we, we're on the clock here. Um, we certainly have contingency plans if that's not the case. But uh, to have that first squad – skate out on, on our ice and our team because that, that's the dream come true and we're, that's what we're pursuing. And, and, and to clarify, it's, it's going to be a new facility. It's not uh, one of the existing facilities or building off an existing facility somewhere else in the region. Yeah, and it, it could be that because a number of teams have done that. And certainly my time with the Tampa Bay Lightning, we went to an existing facility and said, let us invest capital and make this better. Um, and that's certainly one of the options. But I think, you know, the other end of the spectrum is us 
creating a standalone dedicated facility that uh, has the potential to help build the hockey community here. And, uh, you know, and I think everything we're doing, we're taking the long view. And with ownership like David Bonderman and Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, very, very committed to getting it right. Jerry Bruckheimer is as big a hockey fan as I know. Um, and he knows what we need from a facility. Uh, he actually has a, uh, a hockey rink at his farm in Kentucky. So Jerry's a uh, Jerry knows facilities, and he's gonna he's gonna be able to counsel us on the quality of the ice and how we keep the temperature below 22 degrees and and all those things. So back to the, the arena itself, uh, you were talking about working with Marshall Foster. I, I've heard it out of his mouth directly that, that he wants to get this done in time for the NHL uh, in 2020. There was a report earlier this week about uh, letters that have come in uh, from apartment owners uh, during the EIS process after the uh, preliminary EIS came out, KEXP, Seattle Children's involved in that as well. Uh, how do you think that process is going? Are, are there issues? Are you reaching out to those folks? Yeah, I mean, we're in ongoing dialogue. And so, and that's, you know, that's the commitment we made is, is we were going to be really good neighbors. We were going to understand people's concerns. Uh, certainly there's disruption with a project like this, but the overall benefit is extraordinary. And, you know, I've been on the job now coming up on, uh, I think coming up on uh, three months, and um, the nobility of what is going on here has really become so conspicuous. It's, uh, you know, this is really a story of Seattle Center, and uh, and this will be a defining moment for Seattle Center, and I'm we believe that if we do this right, all boats will, will rise. And uh, and that's our job, is to, to reach out to neighbors and those uh, who are potentially near-term impacted and build long-term partnerships. Um, so this is all a normal part of the process. Uh, certainly there's been some conjecture that, you know, um, are people truly concerned about mitigation of what's going on in the site or are there ulterior motives? We're focused 100% on mitigation of the issues around the site, and we're taking people at their word. Um, and until people prove us otherwise, that uh, perhaps there's someone or some group out there with an ulterior motive, we're not we're not going to listen to that noise. We're going to stay totally focused on the job at hand. So what's the timeline on, on that part of this, uh, on the piece uh, involving the arena? How important is it to get it done before, say, September and before the Board of Governors meets again? Well, I think it's, I think it's mission critical. And, you know, this has been going on for a long time in this community. And we're, we're you know, to borrow a phrase from my, my old uh, job, we're in the red zone here. And I think it's really important that we, we all execute uh, but we have an incredible opportunity. You know, this is a $1.3 billion private investment. Um, the arena issue is now solved because of 100% private investment. We are taking uh, an arena that's been distressed. I mean, this arena lost an NBA team because it was deemed obsolete. Um, we're, we're not only solving that issue, we're taking an arena, keeping its roof, keeping its history, and we're going to make something great. I sat in meetings yesterday with the architects, and this, this building is going to be brilliant. Um, it sometimes is referred to as a renovation. Uh, the, the roof will stand, three walls will stand, but this arena will be spectacular. We'll go from 
just over 400,000 square feet currently to close to 750,000 square feet. Uh, we'll dig down 15 feet and we'll provide our fans, no matter what they're coming for, whether it be a concert, an NBA game, an NHL game, we're going to provide them a brilliant, brilliant facility. You just mentioned uh, or hinted at uh, NBA. I, I know that the, the center uh, and Seattle Center Director Robert Nellums has said the, the last event he expects to be at the current Key Arena is a, a Warriors game in October. Uh, that that may move around so it can be televised uh, nationally. That's going to be a big deal. Is is that is that still the case? The Warriors in an exhibition game, Kevin Durant playing one last time at Key Arena? Yeah, uh, spectacular. And, you know, part of what we're working on in the building, we're we're, we're well, well along in the design. Um, you know, we're down to, you know, uh, battling over five seats here and ten seats there. But we're, we're now moving into interiors. And uh, mark my words, we will honor the things that have happened under that roof. Uh, you know, everything from the Beatles performance, but certainly uh, some of the epic moments with the Sonics. And uh, we're very proud of that. And uh, everything we're doing on the building, uh, things we're actually doing on the practice facility are, are uh, going to ensure that uh, when the NBA comes here, that we're ready. Um, and it won't be an afterthought. It's things that we're architecting and building in, on the front end here. Um, and we're excited by it. Well, let's end with this because it seems to be the thing that even non-sports fans like to talk about when they when they uh, bring up hockey in this town, and that's the name of the franchise and the color scheme. It seems to elicit the, the biggest response from anybody on social media, too. So where does that stand? Is it going to be the Seattle Steelheads? I mean, that's, that's my personal favorite. That's yours? Okay, yeah. so you carry, you carry unique weight. You get two votes. So, uh, that's, but uh, I'll, I'll give you a real-time update. First, when you have a guy like Jerry Bruckheimer in your team, um, he's created some of the great uh, brands and, and movie and television, and, so, and he loves the game of hockey. And so uh, he he will be uh, one of the owners that really plays the lead here. But we're uh, we're working uh, with local agencies, engaged with national agencies, um, and we are uh, on the path to uh, to working this through. It's not something. It's really not a parlor game where you pull a name out of the hat. It's it's really an exercise that should be based upon what what's the essence of what we're trying to create here. What are the dominant characteristics and sort of understanding the DNA. And if you can do that, it then logically leads you to a name and colors and other things. Um, but we have a, you know, we're our broadest brand is Seattle Center. And, we're, you know, it's, I'm really excited about everything that's going to happen around Seattle Center uh, as a part of this. The arena will have a unique brand and feeling and then certainly the team. And, uh you know, we're, we're on that, and it's something that's one of the other things that we're engaged in here day to day. Um, and, uh, in fact, I just finished a meeting on that very issue. And uh, I will now take your two votes and go back to the <laughs> Chris's way down. <laughs> All right, Todd, thank you. Fifteen minutes on the dot, Chris. Great conversation with Lywicki. Uh, what did we learn in all of that? A lot. Well, I heard I have two votes for the Steelheads in, uh, but we. You've uh, been given preferential treatment. <laughs> but I, I, I think we we heard that uh, they are making headway on a, a practice facility. Uh, this is 
the way you heard uh, Todd Lewicki talk about it, it's right. an important part of this franchise's future. That is an out-of-pocket expense that's not part of the, the agreement with the city. And I, I think we... Uh, we heard a bit there about the environmental review process that is uh, going on right now. The draft EIS, as it's called, has already been released. There have been letters uh, that have been sent. There's been some talk uh, about uh, the the letters sent from the owners of the apartment that was from the law firm, the same law firm, uh, to, to read between the lines here for you, uh, the same law firm that has represented Chris Hansen in, in Soto. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a question on... You know, whether the Soto group is somehow trying to derail uh, this effort at Key Arena. The one thing I would say about that, um, and that reporting, by the way, was in the Seattle Times, uh, that, you know, I, I haven't drawn any conclusion on that yet. What I will say is a few years ago, I was talking to somebody who was representing the Tuckwilla Arena group. Uh-huh. Uh, who is a land use attorney, and I won't say uh, who it was, but Tag. Uh, they, they pointed out to me there are two big law firms in Seattle that handle land use issues. They were one of the attorneys, and Jack McCullough is the other attorney, and that's who is represented in these letters. It's the the firm that uh, Jack McCullough runs that is now representing these apartment complex owners. He also represented Chris Hansen and Soto. So there, there's a question of whether all of this is connected, whether uh, that group is somehow connected uh, with uh, the apartment owners. From what I can gather right now, no. But coincidence is interesting, and it's it's worth talking about. And you heard what Lightwicky had to say about it there. Uh, but I also I also think it's uh, there. There's two big players in this town, mm-hmm. and Jack McCullough is one of them. I've seen him at City Hall representing all sorts of uh, land use issues, new buildings with Amazon, street vacations, public right. parks. He's involved in a lot of things. I think the Times even wrote a while back about uh, just how many projects he has been involved with in Seattle. Over time, so perhaps it's coincidence, perhaps it's something more, but but right now we can't say that the two are connected. In other unrelated but coincidentally interesting news, I couldn't help but draw a comparison with what's happening uh, with our neighbors to the south in Portland, who they're oh, trying yeah. to get a baseball team. Oh yeah, we know that by now. That rumor that rumor's been going around. Russell Wilson putting up some money, saying, "Yeah, I'm going to invest in that." So all of that aside, because of course Russell part of the Soto Arena effort. Um, I couldn't help but notice as I watched a story about this baseball team and where they're proposing that they would put in this stadium is right down there on the port, right down there in the (laughs) industrial port area of Portland. And uh, people don't seem to be uh, up in arms about that down there in Portland. So I couldn't help but wonder if there will be some irony there in them building a beautiful new stadium right down there in the port in the heart of the industrial area in Portland. Which was just not going to happen here in Seattle because it's just too vital. These roads are just too important. Once again, unrelated, but coincidentally interesting news, ladies and gentlemen. That's a part of what we cover here on the Next Best Podcast. So, Chris, what is uh, the next thing we should circle on the calendar? Because, uh, well, yeah, I had yesterday circled. Nothing happened! I, I think, based on what you just heard from Todd Lightwicky, it's all about September and uh, you know, Marshall Foster, who he mentioned during the course of that uh, interview, he's given a couple presentations to the Seattle City Council and has said they want to get it done by September okay. to get it ready for the National Hockey League, that that is the goal. He has said that publicly. So I think, uh, you know, just just read between the lines on what Todd Lewicki had to say and, and what we've heard publicly. Uh, the city wants to get this done by September 
so the league can then announce in September Seattle's been officially awarded a franchise. If for some reason this gets dragged out, if the environmental process gets dragged out, perhaps it's December, perhaps it's early next year. But uh, I think we're looking now firmly at September as being a date that's important for the city and it's important for the National Hockey League and for Todd Lewicki's group. All right, we'll leave it up to the audience. Reaction to what you just heard. Call our comment line, 206-448-3600. Leave us a voicemail, and you might just be a part of the next Next Best Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.